Hello, everyone. This is Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Join us as we reveal how you can become the master of your reality. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jaco with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. I'm super excited to be joined by Dr. Bryant Artis. He's a retired chiropractor, certified acupuncture and nutritionist. He's married to his beautiful wife, who I met just recently, Jane, and they live in Dallas, Texas, where we met just recently in a very nice Texas uh, a little event, along with their eight children. In October 2004, the Artist Healing Center of the Smokies was opened and served thousands of patients in the East Tennessee region. 2009, Dr. Artis sold his Tennessee practice and opened a second clinic in Frisco, Texas. In 2018, the clinic was sold to Dr. Tregellis and is still serving people worldwide under the new name, the North Texas Healing Center. 2019, Dr. Artis and his wife Jane launched Artist Labs LLC, a company which has defined its core focus, which includes creating doubt in big pharma and restoring faith in nature. As the CEO of Artist Labs LLC, the host of the Dr. Artist Show, he is determined to educate, warn, and inspire people around the world who share the same values. And Dr. Artist, I've, I've watched uh, you for, for some time. I, I remember when I was starting to come out against uh, the COVID lie, and I, that's when I started to see you. And you were being interviewed by different people uh, very early on, and then eventually you did uh, watch the water with, uh, um, you know, different people. And uh, I, I, I think you're like revealing unbelievable things. So what, what do you think is going on right now? What's, what's the latest for you? Yeah, thanks. So, uh, what are we up to now? So number one, it was a great opportunity to visit with you and your significant other that I saw off air here a second ago at the event here in uh, Colleyville, Texas, which was Scott McKay, Dr. Mike, Dr. Michaels and Jason Shirka all came there to open up a new healing center, which was very exciting using a uh, scalar technology. So, uh, Loved it. That was great. It was a great opportunity to meet all of you guys there and to speak there and interact with the people that came. It has been an overwhelming four years trying to make sense out of the madness around the world for people that I know are being deceived, lied to, brainwashed, and they're using every tactic you can think of that is cult-like tactics to brainwash people to get them to follow and comply without doubt or question. That's what the entire pandemic COVID narrative was. So that's how they controlled us with the mainstream. Uh, and then they then they try to control absolutely what was being researched, published to try to keep a lot of the mainstream medical professionals accepting a lie the whole time about COVID. And they continue to do it. In fact, uh, you're asking me what's up for me now. So what we're doing now is after four years of nonstop research, for me, it's been since May of May 18th of 2020 is when I actually saw the research studies that Anthony Fauci put on the NIH's website, the lies about remdesivir being safe and effective against the Ebola virus in Africa and against COVID-19. He absolutely lied on the NIH's website and published that for the whole world to see. He said it was found safe and effective in those uh, those two studies. It wasn't. It was found to be the most deadly toxic drug in both studies and actually was proven to cause 31% of all people in the COVID study to develop acute kidney failure, multiple organ failure, and death for 31% of everyone that got that drug. That is not a proven safe or effective drug. The Ebola trial, it was 53% of all people died who got the drug. And that's more death than the actual disease creates. So 
it's disgusting. And it was actually uh, suspended in that trial and not allowed to move forward. How do we know that was a fraudulent statement by Anthony Fauci? Anthony Fauci funded the Ebola trial study. So he would have been notified in August of 2019 that remdesivir was a deadly toxic drug and was suspended from the trial in Africa. So he, for him to come out in May of 2020 and say it was a, it's now going to be the only drug allowed to be used for all COVID-19 patients, that was disgusting enough for me. So I decided to hire a publicist. And in, on May 18th, I went into the media and did media interviews 40 to 50 a week for four straight months, mm. only educating people on the lies around the drug remdesivir that I told everybody for a lot of people when they were interviewing me, they had a hard time articulating the word remdesivir. So I would tell, I told them, I said, look, just remember audiences abroad and hosts interviewing me, call it run death is near. That's what it rhymes with. Run death is near remdesivir. So people in hospitals, when you hear something that rhymes with run death is near, tell them, no, you do not consent. And oh my goodness, that went around the world like wildfire. It was phenomenal to watch uh, people get that information and memo to the point now that I'm getting reports from medical doctors, nursing staff, and pharmacists in hospitals are emailing me and texting me every day. Make sure you warn your audiences now. They tell me every day. Our administrators are holding private meetings telling the staff you can no longer call the drug remdesivir for COVID-19 patients. You have to call it Veclery because too many people are refusing the drug remdesivir. So wow. call it by its brand name, Veclery. Okay. So these people reach out to me and going, hey, you need to make sure the audiences know about this name. They're actually shifting what they say to try to wow. keep it hidden from the patient's knowledge. And this is what I tell them all. Well, if you go back and watch all my interviews, I actually told everybody. The drug is called remdesivir. It rhymes with run, death is near. Its brand name is Veclery. But if you take the Veclery name and transpose the K and the L in the name, these are my presentations from three years ago. I said, if you transpose the L and the K, which pharmaceutical industry loves to do this play with letters, if you just switch them, it reads Valkyrie. Do you know what Valkyrie means? It's a Nordic term that means chooser of the slain. That's exactly what it means. Wow. So I would tell people, remember, if you hear something that sounds like Valkyrie or run death is near, don't take it. So <laughs> anyway, all those in the audience right now, if you're not aware, they're doing that right now at hospitals. So that's a big deal. Unbelievable. We've been trying to educate people on that and make sure they're warned. Uh, and then fast forward to now, what have I been up to? So since December 1st of 2021, when I received a text from a great medical doctor and hero, in my opinion, for the entire pandemic, Dr. Richard Bartlett, MD, out of Odessa, Texas, known as the Budesonide guy, if you're going to give him a, uh, a name. I was called the Rivdesivir guy for a long time. He was called the Budesonide guy. But uh, we both blew the whistle on those things. His was the therapeutic. Mine was the, you better avoid it drug. This is going to kill you. But he sent me a text in December of 2021 that read, hey, Dr. Artis, if you got bit by a rattlesnake, would you go to a hospital and get antivenom? And unbeknownst to him, five months later, he learned in April of 2022 what that text did to me. I spent five months trying to figure out why my answer to that question of, Yes, of course, Dr. Bartlett, I would go to a hospital and get antivenom if I got bit by a rattlesnake. Why are you asking me that question? It has nothing to do with COVID. Uh, anyway, because we're all on stages all over the place talking about COVID every month. So I was like, why are you asking me this question? And uh, anyway, what I soon quickly learned is that monoclonal antibodies 
that was being used to treat COVID patients successfully by Dr. Richard Bartlett and many medical doctors around this country. Mm -hmm. What I didn't know that he knew I didn't know because he's a medical doctor in an ER in Odessa, Texas, and I am a retired chiropractor. Medical doctors and hospitals are handling emergency care for snake bites, not chiropractors. Medical doctors. He knew something about anti-venom that I didn't know. I just didn't know anti-venom had any relationship to any conversation whatsoever around COVID. It didn't. Monoclonal antibodies being used to treat COVID-19 patients. I did not know this. Maybe your audiences don't know this. Do you know that monoclonal antibodies that was used to treat acute COVID patients for the whole first year and a half of COVID? 100% success rate. How many of you at home knew? I didn't know it. I had to look it up. How many of you knew that monoclonal antibodies are what 90% of the whole world uses as anti-venom to snake bites? Wow. Wow. You either have monoclonal antibodies, which are your anti-venom for snake bites, or mm -hmm. there's some countries like America, most hospitals have what are called polyclonal antibodies. Now, this is the difference. Monoclonal antibodies are anti-venom to one snake bite or snake venom. So for example, a rattlesnake bite, if you know you got bit by a rattlesnake and you were sure of that, you would go to the hospital in Odessa, Texas, and Richard Bartlett would get a monoclonal antibody for rattlesnake bite and inject it inside of you. Monoclonal means one singular snake venom. Polyclonal, because a lot of people show up in hospitals and have no clue what kind of snake bit them, they have what are called polyclonal. This means they have multiple snake venom and anti-venom in them. So mm. maybe it was a copperhead, a rattlesnake, or maybe it was a water moccasin. They don't know. So they just give you polyclonal ones and hope one of them was the right one. So mm. this is the difference. Now imagine my shock to realize monoclonal antibodies, that is the world's anti-venom for snake bites, is successfully treating COVID-19 patients. Well, this is what Richard Bartlett didn't think I was going to come up with. My very next thought was, okay, Richard, now I know monoclonal antibodies are anti-venom and that now I can accept the reality and will confess to the public that I would trust monoclonal antibodies myself, Dr. Artis, if I ever got bit by a rattlesnake, I would trust in monoclonal antibodies. What Richard Bartlett found out is I was doing interviews on InfoWars and other platforms where they were asking me about monoclonal antibodies. And I was like, I wouldn't use them. Why would I use them? I have six research study right now in my hands that actually state monoclonal antibodies are derived from the cancer cells of pigs. Why would I inject cancer cells into a, a COVID patient, even if it acutely helps them? What about the long-term ramifications? This is what I said. What about the long-term cancer risk in the future? All right, and this is what I would say. We already know ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, vitamin C, zinc, D all works. Why in the world do we need that drug? Well, this is what Richard Bartlett was being sent to him was my interviews. And they're like, uh, you better handle this chiropractor. He's talking bad about monoclonal antibodies, which we're all using. And so that's how that came. He sent me that text knowing I would look it up. He wanted me to recognize simply, I would trust monoclonal antibodies in a life-threatening situation like a snake bite. Right. Because his patients were coming to him thinking they had a life-threatening COVID-19 viral infection. And that's why they were receiving monoclonal antibodies. What, what he didn't know was my very next question was this. Wait a minute. Why is monoclonal antibodies, which is antivenom for snake bites, why is it working so well against a bat virus? I thought this came from a bat. 
And then all I did, it was like in five minutes later, this is not a joke. Five minutes later, I'm like, wait a minute. Do we know what the origin of COVID is? Hmm. Are we sure about the bat narrative? So all I did was go online. My father-in-law was killed in February of 2020. This is the second month of the pandemic. Hmm. We had a funeral, grieving, all kinds of crap. Man, I was angry. They, they killed him with a hospital protocol. That's what pissed me off. And why in May, three months later, I went off in the media trying to save as many lives as possible about this dangerous protocol Dr. Anthony Fauci was professing to the world is the only cocktail of drugs you can use. Mm -hmm. I was pissed. I was like, if I can save my father-in-law, I'm going to save all of you. This is the truth. I had no idea that in the media during those months of my anger, frustration, grief, loss, I had no idea that January of 2020, February of 2020, March of April 20, April of 2020, all the way to July of 2020, I had no idea that mainstream media outlets like CNN were reporting in January of 2020 that the origin of COVID was from two snakes. This is in December of 2021. This is almost two years later that I'm realizing this, and I decided to go look up well, what were the original origins of COVID that they claimed. They actually said from the very beginning, it either came from bats, snakes, or pangolins. But the Chinese researchers in Wuhan said and published in January of 2020 that the antibodies in the sick Wuhan patients were antibodies directed at targeting venom of two snakes. Mm. So they published the origin of COVID is the king cobra snake and the Chinese crate snake. And yes, every single news outlet, every single CNN outlet online, Newsweek, you name it, all of them were publishing snakes are the origin of COVID. By the end of January, every article claiming snakes were the origin of COVID started being fact-checked away to a bat narrative. Yep. But it didn't stop researchers around the world who paid attention to the Chinese researchers in January of 2020. French researchers in April of 2020 took the spike proteins on the outside of COVID ran its DNA sequence, and then published it for the whole world. Now, remember, during COVID, you had this thing called SARS-CoV-2, this virus. And the only thing that made it different from the original SARS-CoV-1 back in 2003 and MERS, they even published. There's only one thing that makes it different. The whole time, January through April of 2020, everybody was publishing this. There's only one thing that makes this virus so much different and deadly. It's the spike protein on the outside of the virus, on the outside not on the inside, on the outside of this virus. They said there's these spike proteins on the outside that are infecting our cells and are causing more danger and harm and hospitalizing and killing people around the world. This spike protein is also what everybody was referencing was the proof of gain-of-function lab technology, yeah. manufacturing a more deadly pathogen. Mm -hmm. So these spike proteins were identified to be the only thing that made this virus different than the one that didn't kill hardly anybody called SARS-CoV-1 and MERS back in 20, uh, 2003. This is important. The French researchers isolated the spike protein all by itself, ran its DNA sequence, and then published what it was identical to. Imagine their shock. When they published it right in the paper, you see it in big, bold words. SARS-CoV-2 spike protein identical to these things. King Cobra's venom called Cobra toxin. And then the second is 
fungarotoxin, which is a venom protein found in the crate snake's venom. Mm. So now you've got two countries, geneticists who are running the gene sequencing, not the retired chiropractor, telling the whole world the only thing that makes this thing dangerous is this spike proteins, which are identical to snake venoms. And then they said this. What's interesting about these two snake venoms, proteins, they only target one receptor in the entire body. And it's called alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. And they said what's interesting about this in April of 2020, they said this finally tells us why it is the least represented people in hospitals for the four months of the pandemic at that point, they said this finally explains why smokers aren't being affected by COVID. Mm. Because nicotine circulating in a smoker's body has an affinity to bind to alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptors and its binding affinity, the magnetism to bind to those receptors, of nicotine to those receptors is 30 times greater than venom binding to those receptors. So the smokers already have nicotine circulating in their body every day. And the nicotine is bound to all of those nicotine receptors. Now the venom can't affect them. Mm. So this was interesting because then they stated in the same paper, we encourage all governments around the world to fund research studies using nicotine agents to beat COVID worldwide. They said gum, nicotine gum, nicotine patches, nicotine pouches, use something that has nicotine in it to help prevent COVID because the venom spike proteins bind to those nicotine receptors. Then they said, interestingly enough, in April of 2020, this is what's amazing. We're still talking about this three years later, April of 2020. In that paper, they said, what's interesting too is in April of 2020, only four months into the pandemic, there's research studies being published around the world that ivermectin is stopping SARS-CoV-2's disease process to COVID-19. And they said what's interesting about that is ivermectin is already published to bind and target alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptors, just mm. like nicotine. Mm. And do you know that all and, them and doctors... We, you know, we had... Sorry to interrupt, but we we had this conversation and uh, I watched your, your video, Watch the Water on the Stu Peters Network and, and, and the second one and everything. And in there, you talked about that, that nicotine gum and how it would uh, clear clear you up as far as like, you know, if you're... You're having long-term, you know, effects where you, you don't have taste or smell. And I never really got sick, but my taste and my smell went away. And they've been gone for like over a year. So I watched that video and I saw that. And I, your wife was chewing gum that night when we were talking. It was, fun, it was pretty funny, but, uh, and you can share the story of that too. But I, I, I remember that and I started, I got some gum and I started chewing it. I think the second piece of gum that I chewed my smell came back and my taste came back. It was unbelievable. I was like, oh, <laughs> thank you. That's incredible. And yeah. thank God. So this is actually what's been reported around the world since that documentary dropped. When I put at the end of the Watch the Water documentary, I said, we have to list the antidote is nicotine number one. And then we'll lay out the other things they publish from nature actually inhibits and stops venoms from being toxic and deadly. And there are multiple of them. But nicotine is the greatest antidote to the venom spike proteins hurting your cells. Mm -hmm. 
nicotine, if it's floating around your body and you have these venom spike proteins bound to your cells, causing you to have symptoms like long hauler COVID symptoms, the moment you chew gum or wear a patch, it is incredible. The nicotine floating around in your body, even if venom is bound to your cells, making you not be able to taste and smell and have ringing in your ears and tachycardia in your heart and brain fog in your brain, the moment the body perceives nicotine is in the blood or cerebral spinal fluid, the body's nerve, or sorry, the nicotine receptors let go of venom and grab the nicotine, and that turns the cell back on and restores taste and smell. Nice. So, you know. so and that's that, what that woman in uh, Australia, that, share, that, share that story. That was absolutely incredible. Yeah. After, within a week of this actual dropping to watch the water documentary, people from around the world, I've probably heard from at least physically 100,000 people have emailed wow. me, texted me, called me, or come up to me physically in the last year and a half telling me the only thing that saved their life and removed all their symptoms was nicotine gum or nicotine patches. And thank God for you. Yeah. And that is phenomenal. What's also phenomenal is not a single doctor in this world is talking about it. No one walks up to me at these events when hundreds of people are walking up going, thank you for saving my life with the nicotine recommendations. And I turn and look at all the MDs and I go, isn't it amazing? None of these people have asked me why that works and none of them are talking about it. Isn't it odd that they can watch the retired chiropractor get all these accolades for saving lives around the world and they just stand there and don't want to know why and how and what are you doing and can you explain it to us? We'd like to educate people. Okay, this is very important. In Australia, there was this lady, she's a medical doctor, who after getting COVID, I shared this story with you, it's what you were just talking about. So a year before Watch the Water came out, she got COVID and for an entire year, she had complete 100% deafness in her ear. Her right ear. Mm. She went to audiologists, those who actually check your ears and hearing specialists. They told her because of COVID, she now has permanent hearing loss for life in her right ear. She lived with that for a year. Mm. She chewed nicotine gum after watching Watch the Water. She went and bought nicotine gum at a pharmacy or store in Australia and chewed it for 30 minutes. One. So she's chewing it, and at 30 minutes, she can feel what feels like air moving in and out of her ear. And by 45 minutes, 45 minutes of chewing nicotine gum, all of her hearing was restored in 45 minutes, and it turned right back on. She went back to her audiologist. Everything's fine. Full restored hearing. And she had reached out to multiple media outlets that I was being interviewed on, and they were he, she was sending info emails to those actual outlets saying, please get my story to Dr. Artis. He has to hear this. Only when that story came in did my wife finally go, you know what, maybe I should go try the nicotine gum thing. Because she was always worried about it being addictive and toxic, and she had two years. That, that was my thing, too, but you, you said it wouldn't be. And I was like, okay, because I I'm I'm, don't like smoking at all, and I, I think your wife's the same. And she was like very, very uh, resistant, like I was, until I, I heard your story. I was like, I'm going to try it. It's not addictive, so why not? So it worked. Yeah, so let's, well, for your audiences, let's just make sure, all interviews, I like to make sure people have hope and not fear and still yeah. confusion, right? Mm -hmm. So people will wonder from this interview, if they haven't heard my interviews before, they will wonder if nicotine is addictive because all of us have had that hammered into our head for the last four to five decades is that nicotine is addictive and it's a disease-causing agent. That is not true, but oh I didn't God, know that so either. Oh, I had dude. no idea that they were lying to us about that either. Yeah. So mm. for everyone at home, type in Google 
Harvard, the University of Harvard, mm-hmm. Harvard 2015, nicotine not addictive. Just type it in, and the document's going to come up, and you're going to see all these media outlets that reported on it. Lots of people were writing blog articles, news articles, you name it, about the fact that Harvard was able to prove nicotine is not addictive. And what they did in animal models trying to create nicotine-addicted animals, which they couldn't get them addicted to the nicotine and nicotine and added in water, they were comparing things like nicotine addiction to cocaine addiction, heroin addiction, sugar addiction. Not a single animal ever would be addicted to nicotine water. So they had to find out how do we get why is nicotine addictive then? Because it's published that it is. So Harvard did FOIA requests, Freedom of Information Act request of the tobacco giants that make tobacco cigarette products and snuff. And what they got from their R&D papers from the 1970s was disclosed that they knew nicotine wasn't addictive. Mm. So they had to hire chemists to find out if they could make this plant derivative addictive. And Harvard publishes all about it, what it is that they add to make the nicotine and tobacco plant addictive for all of their consumers. It's a chemical called pyrazines, P-Y-R-A-Z-I-N-E-S. And pyrazines, it is published, makes anything that you take into your body addictive if you add pyrazines to it. So then they learned that's what it was. Later, they learned in these documents also, because if you're wondering, if nicotine's not addictive and they added a chemical to make it addictive, I wonder if the claims that tobacco plant smoking causes lung cancer is true. Imagine their shock to find out that in the paper that they wrapped the cigarettes in, they actually laced it with arsenic. And then the tobacco inside the cigarette that now has pyrazines added to it to make the nicotine and tobacco addictive that you're going to inhale, they added sugar inside the mixture. Mm. And when you burn sugar and inhale it, and you inhale arsenic with it, sugar suppresses your immune system. Guess what arsenic is? A published carcinogen. Mm. So this is how they were manipulating the product to make it toxic, deadly, carcinogenic, and addictive, and then publish it nonstop that tobacco is dangerous for you. So for the audiences at home, I just want you to know, I have since had to learn this also. I wondered, well, if nicotine's in tobacco, what else did God create on the earth that might have, as a plant, nicotine in it? And imagine my shock. I had no idea every white potato you've ever eaten has nicotine in it. I had no idea that every red tomato has nicotine in it. I had no idea green tomatoes have 10 times more nicotine than red tomatoes. Mm. I had no idea every eggplant and every nightshade vegetable has measurable amounts of nicotine in them. I had no idea cauliflower and celery had nicotine in them. Now, everybody at home, you should be wondering this. You ever been to a party and ate celery or cauliflower? And how many of you have ever asked your boss the next day for a cauliflower break? Because you're addicted to the cauliflower you ate the night before. <laughs> I've never seen anybody beg for a celery break. They're going to go crazy because they're addicted to the nicotine and celery. It doesn't oh happen. God. There's a reason yep. why you're not craving veggies. And your life's not out of control because you got to have your veggies right now. There's a reason for that. The nicotine's not addictive. It's very odd. Very interesting. Okay. So, on top of mind, in two weeks, I'll be presenting at the Red Pill Expo in Des Moines, Iowa with uh, G. Edward Griffin. He asked me to come there and do a presentation. 
the entire presentation is going to be an hour long. He asked me to come there. We filmed a video last week. This is what's coming up. He wants me to do a presentation for the Red Pill Expo that explains and demonstrates and shows all the current drugs, vaccines, insecticides, and cosmetics that have venoms in them. Wow. And I'm going to show you all. That's going to be amazing. Uh And then third... Sorry. Now, the next thing is going to be the Reawaken Tour. It's going to be August 25th in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. That presentation, I would like to go ahead and tell your audiences what that's going to be about. Okay? Because all of your audiences probably aren't going to see the Reawaken Tour, but if they do, that's great. I'm only going to do a 15-minute presentation, and I promise you at the Reawaken Tour, which I've been all around this country doing these events for two or three years now, this will be my last ever COVID discussion at a Reawaken Tour event. Thank God. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. We don't have to talk about it anymore because we already know how to beat it. Right. Since I've seen you here in Dallas, Mm. imagine my shock that a 37-year Navy admiral sent me a paper and he said, you need to see this and you need to tell your audiences because they're trying to bury it in the medical literature so the medical professional doesn't find it. And he sent it to me. And I said, "Uh, okay. I started reading it. I couldn't believe what I read. And uh, I've already done a small presentation on this to my private members of my Art Dr. Artist Show membership club. Oh, really? I did it with them and produced the PDF for them to have, but I'm going to present it at the Reawaken Tour because this is why it's going to be the final one. It's going to be interesting to see what doctors come up on stage after I get up there and try to talk about solutions for long hauler COVID symptoms and vaccines after I do this presentation. And I'm one of the first speakers on Friday morning at 9.15 a.m. So I'm going to lay the foundation there and I'm going to walk away and I cannot wait to go do interviews and then listen to what everybody says after that. Okay. (laughs) Now what's interesting about this is this is crazy. Okay. There is a paper that was published, peer reviewed and approved and published online in January of this year. Mm. And this is what's shocking. Okay. You were struggling with loss of taste and smell for a lingering period. Nicotine gum helped you, which is phenomenal. This group of scientists decided to conduct a study. They took, Four people who had a combined 19 different side effects of long hauler COVID symptoms that never left. And this is what it included. Okay. They all had these side effects from having COVID and they had to have these symptoms for over a year and a half, which they did. So they took these four individuals, one woman, three men, and they, and they talk about each of their symptoms. And these are some of the symptoms. Loss of taste and smell they had to have, ringing in their ears they had to have, brain fog they had to have, headaches they had to have, dizziness they had to have, postural changes like from a seated to standing position. If their blood pressure drops and they start to collapse and get dizzy, it's called POTS. They had to have that symptom, which means their blood pressure is dropping to nothing when they're changing positions. And then they had to have tachycardia, arrhythmias, they had to have New onset of diabetes, Mm. not a joke, since having COVID. And then they asked these groups of individuals to do just one thing for six days only. Now, they did this thing for six days, and then they followed up with them six months later. Within the first three days of the treatment, I'll tell you what the treatment is here in a second, in the first three days... Remember, these people are struggling for a year and a half, three days, 50% of every one of their symptoms were gone. Wow. On day three. 
by day 21. Remember, they only took it for six days and then they stopped it. By day 21 and forevermore, 100% of all their symptoms were gone. Mm. So what they did for the six days continued to provide the benefit to reverse all of their symptoms. And by day 21, it all disappeared. They called them six months later and did follow-ups on all their symptoms they had before they started treatment. Zero symptoms returned in any of them. The treatment was one thing. A seven milligram nicotine patch they were asked to wear for six days only. Wow. Mm. Isn't that amazing? Do you know how much crap I'm hearing about in the media right now from every medical doctor you can think of that you need NATO kinase, you need vitamin C, D, glutathione, you need EDTA, you need hydrogen peroxide, you need all kinds of crap. There are scientists who are taking the information that these spike proteins are venoms targeting nicotine receptors, and they're applying that information to see how relevant is it. And oh my God, this year, they have published 100% removal of all symptoms in just six days of treatment of wearing a six, a seven milligram patch. Now, for those watching at home, there are seven, 14, and 21 milligram nicotine patch sizes. The seven milligrams is what they use. That's the smallest one. For those of you, I don't trust tobacco companies or nicotine companies making most of these nicotine products, but there is a brand on Amazon called Rugby, R-U-G-B-Y, and Rugby is the cleanest, most non-toxic, chemically-laced nicotine patch on the planet that we have found. So Rugby on Amazon, and then there's a second brand called Lucy. That brand's pretty good if you can't get the Rugby brand. Rugby also makes uh, gum along with the patches if you want to try those. No one at home needs to do a four milligram gum. They have two and four. Only do the two. It's going to be plenty. But I want to share a story real quick if you don't mind. I'm in it. I was actually invited to go to Jacksonville, Florida about six months ago to do presentations to owners of flight schools and their pilots. Mm. I was asked to be there. Josh Yoder was asked to be there. I invited Thomas E. Levy, a cardiologist, to come and do presentations for the school and the pilots. And we had Dr. Ryan Cole there. Judy Mikovits was there. We were all there. Okay, so we all go there. We do our presentations. We go to VIP dinner that night. Like all the speakers just go out to have dinner. And we're at this restaurant. And across from me is an attorney. And his name is Stanley Graham. And Stanley Graham looks at me and goes, Hey, Doc, you're the only one out there talking about this nicotine thing. Can, can you help me with something? And his wife's sitting next to him. And I said, sure, what is it? And he goes, my wife. My wife was stung by a scorpion in her hand at their home in Utah about two years earlier. The numbness paralysis of her right arm limits her daily activities and is just so excruciating she has to take pain meds to keep the pain down. Mm. She goes, he goes, is there anything you could recommend for my wife that could help her? And I said, uh, this is not a joke. I'm looking at her and Josh Yoder opens up a can of nicotine pouches you suck on and he just hands it over to her. And I said, and she's like, Stan's like, what is this? And I said, that's a nicotine pouch that you suck on instead of snuff, tucking it in your lip or gums. Mm -hmm. And Josh has been doing that the whole time knowing about COVID now that I educate him. So he just had it on his hand and he handed it over. My wife had nicotine gum in her purse, right? Josh Yoder has got the nicotine in the thing and hands it to her. And he goes, what do I do with this? And I said, uh, well, I just want you, that's a seven milligram pouch that you put in your mouth. I never recommend more than two milligrams in your mouth for anybody with COVID symptoms. COVID. Well, this is a lady 
who had been bitten by a scorpion or stung by a scorpion a couple years earlier and still has debilitating pain. Mm -hmm. And I looked at them and I said, look, I would not do that right now. But I'm going to tell you something. If you go home and buy nicotine gum, two milligram patch sizes, or then wear a patch, the seven milligram patch size on the outside, or cut it in half and do three and a half milligrams, you can do that. You should see her symptoms start to remit within just a few hours. And and the woman starts to cry. His wife starts to cry. And I said, oh, it's okay. Don't worry. She goes, I don't know if I can wait that long. Now, she's been waiting two years. She's just excited about the nicotine thing. Her husband's holding a nicotine pouch that we leave the event. This was really sad, actually. I had to leave the restaurant because um, that, that, this sucked, actually. I hated it. So Diamond and Silk, that platform, Diamond died that night, and I was being called by Brandon House of Lindell TV to do an interview to discuss Diamond's passing. And I'm at the restaurant getting the calls from him that she just passed. So when I say this conversation in and I left, I went out in the car to handle interviews in the media discussing Diamond and Silk. I'm on their show every, every month for a year or more. Wow. That was very sad for me. I hated it. Yeah. But we leave there. Next morning, we're at the airport, and Stan Graham is calling me from his hotel room. The very next morning, <laughs> I said, I stand and he's like, oh my God, my wife is crying. And I was like, uh, why? What's wrong with your wife? And he goes, she has zero pain whatsoever in her arm. Oh. And I said, I said, what did she do? And he goes, she put the seven milligram pouch Josh Yoder gave us last night in her mouth and she started sucking on it. In five minutes, all the pain in her arm disappeared oh. for the first time in two years. And oh. this is not a, this is not a joke. As excited as he was to hear her say, oh, my pain is gone. And she starts crying from the freedom of symptoms. Mm. Stan, as quickly as he heard that, he calls me to celebrate. The very next thing out of my mouth was, make sure she spits it out right now. And he goes, and he goes, no, no, no. And he looks at her and he goes, honey, Dr. R says spit it out. And she goes, no, I can't spit it out. Thank you for saving my life. You know, she's all super excited and thrilled. And I said, please spit it out. You're going to throw up in a minute if you don't. <laughs> and that, not a joke. While I'm saying that, she's like, oh, oh, no, I need to go to the bathroom. She runs to the bathroom and just throw it up. And I said, I told you not to do that size uh, milligrams for her. Uh, you can work up to that, but not initially. If you're going to do it orally, two milligrams is fine. So anyway, they were very thrilled. No more pain. They get back. They're using the nicotine gum. No more issues whatsoever ever since. Now, wow. to me, that's phenomenal. Uh, and how many people do you think are being told by medical professionals, if you just use nicotine to beat your venom symptoms, mm. fire ants, imagine, bee stings, yep. scorpions, snakes, they all, the venoms all target nicotine receptors. This is why tobacco was used by Native Americans and cultures all around the world wow. to treat themselves for snake bite and their animals. They would make a tobacco poultice and slap the leaves right up against the snake bite on their animals and save their life. Nicotine wow. protects them from that. So, so just so you know, this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm excited about. So what's next? You ask me what's next. This is what's been leading up to this. Mm -hmm. As the excitement is roared around the world about people now learning about COVID, the venom aspect of COVID, I want everybody to be aware. The efforts to censor this information hasn't worked. In fact, the NIH published in May of this year, just about seven weeks ago, they published that the spike protein of COVID targets alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptors. First time they've admitted it this wow. whole time. And then in the first paragraph, it says the spike protein of COVID is identical to snake venom neurotoxins. Oh, 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 oh no way. Okay. Medical doctors who don't want to say Dr. Artis might be right, 
Um, you might as well go look at what they're printing and what they're publishing and confirming. They're telling you. Mm. There's a reason why they did that. So this is what we're up to now. I've created a new Healing for the Ages conference coming up on September 8th and 9th of this year in Dallas, Texas. And there are people that can attend virtually. There are going to be people that attend in person. The healingfortheages.com is where you learn about that. This is consuming a lot of our days and time all day long. At this event, Scott McKay is going to be there. We've invited a whole bunch of people to come. Silk of Diamond and Silk is going to be coming there. Oh, Judy Mikevitz is coming. We've got a bunch of people that are coming in person to be there to celebrate. We're going to acknowledge them, and then they're going to be there to learn from us. Mm. So Healing for the Ages, A-G-E-S, is an acronym. It stands for Artist, Dr. Artist, me, Dr. Ed Group, Dr. Henry Ely, and Dr. Jana Schmidt. Now, even if you don't know all those people, I just want you to know all four of these individuals are two chiropractors and two naturopathic doctors, and for the last four years have been nonstop doing research and creating platforms to educate audiences around the world on how to stay healthy without drugs. Everything I've told you is not a drug so far to be COVID. Nicotine's even in plants. This isn't a drug. All right, so just, you know, we know you can beat any part of COVID, any future infectious agent, any disease system with nature. So we're going to teach you how to do that. First day of the conference. <laughs> the whole day is going to be about educating the audiences and the medical professionals and the influencers that are going to be there, how God designed the human body. What are the systems of the body, the way God designed them, and how do they interact with each other? And it's going to be on a very lay level. This isn't a real scientific, techie. No, this is going to be very lay people friendly. Nice. Everybody who attends in person or virtual, there's something different about this conference. I like people leaving with all the notes and I hate watching people in the audiences try to write down notes or take pictures of things when they should be paying attention. So everybody is going to be getting at home virtually or in person, a book that has every single bit of our presentations in it laid out for you with all the infographics included that are going to show you those systems, how the cells design, how cells work to make energy, how it is your body makes immune system cells to drive out infections, toxins, and poisons through your detox pathways. We're going to be educating you on how electromagnetic fields like 5G radiation impact your health, how it's implicated in the COVID narrative. We're going to teach you that too because it was needed to make it worse, and we'll tell you how they did that. On day two, so the first day is foundational, how the body was made, how God designed it, and then what you can expect from your symptoms that tell you which part of your bodies are being affected and which system is at work increased to help preserve your health. The second day is going to be the coolest part of this whole thing. From 9 a.m. till 6 p.m. that night, me, Dr. Ed Group, Dr. Henry Ely, and Dr. Schmidt are going to be laying out for you how it is they created COVID. Because we know what they did. We absolutely know how they did it. And the medical professionals who are going to be attending, Peter McCullough is going to be there. He's already confirmed he'll be there. These wow. people are going to be able to learn from us what it is we know is published. And then it explains all the symptoms you're seeing at home. And along the way, between every step of how they created this, and I'll give you a highlight here, just a second, if you'd like to know for your audiences. For every step, which there are multiple steps, there are published natural antidotes. For every step. So let me tell you the steps. Mm. When I said and watched the water, y'all should be watching the water in your home, what you're drinking, what you're showering in. I believe they're putting venoms in the water that they're calling spike proteins to make you sick. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, good. Yeah. 
This is what I said. Now all better be careful. And for me, it's the only thing that makes sense whatsoever. Now, a lot of people don't believe this, but when you told me, I was like kind of skeptical, but when you told me the details on this, I was like, ah, wow, that's, that's it. It's definitely, they're doing this. Yeah. So just so you know, if, even if they didn't do it, they're publishing since 2006, they have a document called water and terrorism by all the industrialized governments. And it actually tells all governments around the world, what are the weak points in their water delivery systems for their citizens that could be used by terrorists to put things in your water or manipulate your water treatment facilities to create pandemics? That's what it says. 2007. Now, when I was water in the SEAL terror. teams, uh, this is what we trained for. We trained for, we knew that the biggest thing to co- that was coming is not a nuke, not a like a war or anything. It was going to be bioterrorism. And same thing in the CIA. So for almost 35 years of my, my entire career was devoted to what you're talking about right now. So when it came initially, I was like, there it is. And then we started to see all the lies and misconceptions and all the stuff that happened. And now you're like just laying it bare. Good job. Yeah. So in this water and terrorism document, I learned a lot out of this. So in that document, they tell you what kind of biological agents can be suspended in water to be delivered to citizens that drink it or shower in it to create what looks like an outbreak of some kind of infectious agent. Hello, this is Michael Jaco. If you want to learn more on how to unleash your own intuition, go to michaelkjaco.com, unleashingintuition.com, where you can find my courses on how to become the master of your own reality. Okay, in that document, they list them all out, and they even tell you what things can be put in the water to create pandemics. Number one, things like anthrax, diphtheria, ricin, and then they get into venoms. They call them defense molecules in marine creatures. Mm. Cone snail venoms called conotoxins. They talk about marine sponge venoms like they made the AZT drug for AIDS from. That's actually venom from the marine sponge. Mm-hmm. It actually wow. causes AIDS. Venom destroys your immune system. That's how they did it with AZT to kill people with HIV and called it AIDS. They actually gave them a venom drug to swallow every day. And that's what killed these people, unfortunately. All right. Jeez. Wow. So all of that is in there in the documents. And then they go as far to tell you. All of these venoms, all of these toxins and poisons can be suspended in water at a certain chlorine level, parts per milliliter of water. And if you increase the chlorine to this level, it denatures those poisons or makes them disappear. If you lower the chlorine level, all these poisons are water-soluble and will just be suspended in the water. Then they go as far as to talk about E. coli in the water, bacteria, and you can manipulate how much E. coli is in the water by how much chlorine you add or take away. If you add chlorine, it kills the E. coli. If you drop the chlorine level, E. coli will thrive. This is important. When it comes to the steps of COVID, when I said I believe they're putting venom in the water and you're just drinking it or showering in it and it's causing your neurological symptoms, they're calling COVID because they're neurotoxins. The spike proteins are snake venom neurotoxins. The NIH just published it in May. Go look at it. They said it again. Snake venom neurotoxins. All right, what they are using, we have figured out in the last literally four months. I didn't know this until four months ago. I was calling it something different. It is the same principle, but what they're using is bacteria and yeast to multiply and manufacture synthetic 
venom. They're doing it in your food. They're doing it in your air. They're doing it in your environment and in your water, for sure. So E. coli bacteria, they have this term in science called genetic engineering or biological engineering. Scientists have been for decades learning how to manipulate the genetic structure of a bacteria in yeast cell and introducing new gene material into bacteria and yeast to tell it to manufacture something for them. And what they use as the instruction for the bacteria and yeast is something called plasmids. Plasmids are little circular DNA structures that have embedded in them a gene code they want the bacteria or yeast to manufacture. So the gene gets sucked into bacteria, gets sucked into yeast. It also goes into mammal cells. It'll go inside your cells and it will instruct the cells to spit out whatever the instruction is. The plasmids used to create the COVID-19 pandemic all have venom instructions on them. They actually physically have venom proteins embedded in the plasmid. So that when the instruction gets inside the bacteria, the bacteria replicates cobra toxin, bungarotoxin from the crate snake, and then all 36 different venoms from 36 different animals that were found in every COVID-19 patient's blood and feces in June of 2020 in Italy. They didn't find a single animal venom in any of the negative groups, but 36 different animal proteins from venoms of 36 different creatures were in every COVID-19 patient's blood and feces. Those proteins from the venoms are in those plasmids, and they are releasing them from the air, putting them in your water. They're in chemtrails. They're now being injected into your plants. When you hear the term mRNA injected vegetables, like Gavi, Bill Gates's group, they are vaccinating veggies now all over the world. Avocados, tomatoes, they're injecting it with the mRNA technology. That's what they say. The mRNA technology is plasmids. Plasmids is the genetic instruction to tell any cell that it gets inside of to spit out venom that wow. they call spike proteins. Mm. Okay. All right. Now, this is very important. We are going to be educating people. We already know what it is. We even know the actual companies that make the plasmids. Imagine my shock. Man, check this out. Three days ago, I discovered this document I'd never even seen before. The very first company that was contracted to provide the plasmids for the AstraZeneca vaccine, which was the one going around the world outside of the U.S., mm -hmm. The first company contracted to put the plasmids in the actual vaccine for COVID-19, and it says that in the title. The name of the company is Cobra Biologics. Jeez. Imagine the irony. Wow. Cobra Biologics has now been bought by Charles River. Charles River is owned by a company called Venom Tech out of the UK. And guess what Venom Tech makes? They only manufacture synthetic venoms for drug and vaccine manufacturing. And they're the largest company in the world. Yeah. Mm. Okay. That does this. Okay. Big deal. So what we're going to be doing is educating you on what plasmids are, how they use them to instruct bacteria and yeast that all of us have inside of us and every plant and every creature on the earth has. When those plasmids we expose our bodies to, our cells absorb them and spit out more of the venom to make us sick. <laughs> this is important. There are published antidotes to every plasmid. They have every plant on the earth they have documented that will block a plasmid from entering bacteria in its presence. 
So we're going to be teaching you what those plants are because people who are having rebounding long hauler COVID symptoms or rebound infections or continuing worse outcomes with the vaccines, you have these damn plasmids inside of you telling your body and bacteria and yeast in your body to make the venom spike protein. And the more venom in your body, what do you think the outcome is going to be? Are your symptoms going to become less or more? Obviously more. So the goal is now to educate you. This is what you need to put in your body to stop the continued manufacturing of the biological weapon. Mm. They have learned how to create bacteria and yeast in your cells to be the biological weapon manufacturing factory. They want your body making venom. That's what they want. Mm. There is nothing in antiquity that has been used by humans to cause more harm and death than venoms of animals in our entire history. It's incredible. Venoms are just massively being used all over the world. I had no idea. And your audience doesn't know this. If y'all have wondered, a lot of people when I came out with Watch the Water documentary, a lot of people said this. Even medical professionals galore always wanted to have intervention meetings with me by Zoom to try to straighten me out. And they would go like this. Dr. Artis, your claims of the venom being in the water is false, inaccurate, and not scientifically based. You can't swallow snake venom and get it through the stomach acid. Your stomach acid neutralizes it and destroys the protein. So it couldn't affect you. And I went like this with all of them. Thank you. Next. And then I would ask all the medical doctors to please tell me their complaints mm-hmm. before I correct all of you. So they would. They'd go one at a time, 30, 50, 100 different medical doctors on there, which I didn't mind. I wanted them to know the info so they could go help people. So I just right. put up with their BS and listened and listened graciously, graciously, graciously. And I'd go like this. Next. Next. Great. Thanks. Next. Great. Thanks. Great. Anybody else got anything they want to say before I actually educate you? Like, did you get it all out of your head? Now you can hear me. Like, did you get the rattling nonsense in your brain out? Okay, great. Good. Then I'd go like this. Great. So y'all are all telling me that my narrative that we're drinking the venom is not plausible scientifically. Right? Right. I can't swallow snake venom because it'll get in my stomach. The stomach will neutralize and destroy the venom protein. Yes, that's right. So then it can't harm you. Right. Okay, good. Then with all of them, I'm not kidding. This went on for six months. I wasted six months of my life trying to make sure the medical doctors could figure out what I was saying. Okay, so... They would say that, and then I went just like this. Everyone on the Zoom calls, can you please raise your hand? You know, there's a little icon to ask a question. It'll raise your hand. And I went like this. Everybody raise your hand on your Zoom call. I did this with 100 medical doctors at one point around the world. Raise your hand on the screen. Have you ever prescribed a drug for blood pressure called lisinopril in your career? Every single box had a hand in it. Great. How do you tell your patients to take it? Do you ask them to swallow a pill or do they inject it? Raise your hand if it's swallow a pill. And they all had their hands up. I said, right, it only comes in a pill form. I hope you all got that right. Good. All right, so you tell people for the last several decades to take a pill, put it on your tongue and swallow it. Keep your hands up on the screen. This is what I'd say. Keep your hands on the screen if you believe that pill makes it inside their stomach and is exposed to stomach acid. And they would go, yes. And then I'd go, great. Does that pill... And whatever's in it, get past the stomach acid into your intestine and then get absorbed into your bloodstream to lower blood pressure. Keep your hands up unless you disagree with that. Everybody's hands are still up. Good. I did this every day for six months, multiple times. It was awful. Then I got this. Great. <laughs> Do you know that 22 million Americans this morning woke up and swallowed lisinopril on their tongue with a glass of water to start their day this morning? How many of you know that? It's, it's the most prescribed ACE inhibitor drug in the whole world. Great. Wow. 
And as they all said, yes, I said, great. They all confirmed you can swallow this pill. It gets in your stomach acid, then makes it to your intestines, and then still gets into the bloodstream to reduce blood pressure. Every single one of these doctors, I would look at them on the screen. I'd go, great. So we all know that you're prescribing a drug for people to swallow, and it's getting in the stomach, getting past the stomach, and into your bloodstream, correct? Yes. How many of you know that lisinopril is made from snake venom from a Jiracus viper in Brazil? Since 1981. Mm. All of you medical doctors have been telling people to swallow snake venom to lower your blood pressure, and that damn pill goes right into your stomach acid, goes through the intestinal tract and into your bloodstream, and yet they publish in papers for you to not know and if you swallow snake venom, it's neutralized in the stomach. No, it isn't. Hmm. They've been telling you to prescribe it to people to swallow, effectively getting into their bloodstream for 22 years. I mean, 42 years at that point. It came out in 1981. So this technology, pharmaceutical giants have figured out how to get people to swallow venom, regardless if in nature you can't swallow it. The truth is you can swallow venom from a snake, from a scorpion, and they publish it in snake venom research all over the world in venom research, period. They always state in their papers, it is a great misunderstanding of the medical profession that you can't swallow snake venom and have negative effects. Of course you can. Stomach acid doesn't break that down. This is a great misunderstanding. And all of them had no idea. Now, none of them have ever said again publicly that you can't swallow venom. <laughs> They're prescribing venom to swallow every day. People just didn't know that. And then I had to teach him, do you know what the problem is with swallowing venom every day, like lisinopril or the other drugs that end with P-R-I-L? Inapril, captopril, lisinopril, they're all venom-based drugs that lower blood pressure. Do you know what the problem is with venom in the human body of any kind? Did you know that in 1956, there was a guy named Stanley Cohen who learned what venom does to a developing chicken embryo and to mammal embryos and then to adult birds and then adult mammals in 1956, he would inject them with venom. Cobra venom, snake venom, rattlesnake venom, scorpion venom, and he wanted to see what happened to him in 1956. And he proved that every venom in a mammal will cause cancers of nervous system tissue within 72 hours or less. It will create cancers of any skin-covered organs, which is your body's skin. It's called epidermis. The skin that surrounds every one of your organs, like your kidneys, liver, spleen, ovaries, uterus, all of them have this layer of epidermis tissue. Venom in the human body will always cause neurological tumors and cancers and skin or epidermal tissue cancers. That includes ovarian, uterine, cervical, prostate, uh, brain, all of these. They know Venom does that. Do you know, man, do you know Stanley Cohen when he figured out that he could create tumors and cancerous growths in animals with Venom? Do you know that he was given a Nobel Prize for this in 1986? Wow. And do you know 10 years before that, he created a company, founded a company called Gene in Tech. Go to gene.com. Stanley Cohen created that company 10 years before winning the Nobel Prize. His company right now manufactures and has seven patented drugs to be injected or swallowed by cancer patients, and they're all 
snake venom derivative. All of them. They're just snake venom drugs. And so they're manipulating your physiology to create cancers with vaccines and drugs like lisinopril, an ACE inhibitor. Look it up. Seriously, everybody at home, y'all all know somebody on lisinopril or an ACE inhibitor high blood pressure drug. It doesn't matter how long you've been on it. Doesn't matter. Every single one of you at some point will develop cancer. And so when you did, if you've already had it, or if you're currently diagnosed with it, you should look up ACE inhibitors online, type in ACE inhibitor and your cancer. And oh my God, you're going to see every single ACE inhibitor drug is directly correlated to causing every single cancer you have. They are using venoms to support the massive cancer industry. Jesus. Mm. That they use chemo and radiation to kill you with. So anyway, that's what we're doing. So healing for the age is a big deal. We want to make sure you have all the information to protect you and your loved ones in the future. We're going to be teaching you how to eliminate E. coli, yeast in the human body. The people who've had the worst outcomes, if I could really do anything to help people in the future. Two years ago, I started making sure everybody knew the real target and victims of COVID were just one demographic, and it was diabetics. Diabetics were 31% of everyone who died from COVID around the world. They were the largest demographic. Mm. Do you want to know why? Why? They, they have the highest amount of sugar in their body, and they also have, because they have excess blood sugar, they cannot eliminate bacteria and yeast that grow in our environment or introduced by our food, and then your body allows E. coli infections to thrive mm. and yeast or candida in your body to thrive, and the sugar feeds it. Well, the moment the venoms or plasmids with venom would be introduced into their bodies, they always had the worst outcomes. They could not kill or clear the E. coli and yeast, and you all had the worst outcomes. So in the future, just so y'all know, I mentioned this in this interview already. The study done in January of 2023, the people with the long hauler COVID symptoms had to also be diagnosed with a brand new onset of diabetes after getting COVID. They used seven milligram nicotine patch to reverse it in six days. Wow. They just published two weeks ago, the World Health Organization did. They published a new paper and it says by the year 2050, because of the explosion of new onset diabetes over the last three years, it says, scientists have now done an ex exponential mapping of what they believe will be the total number of diabetics in the world by 2050. And they published it will be 1.31 billion people. Jesus. Oh. Right now, it's only 500 million. Now, just so you know, I really can't help but say this. When that paper dropped, and was sent out to everybody in the American Medical Association. They sent out all the medical doctors. Do you know who I think should have been embarrassed? Like, and should have closed their doors and should have came out and apologized to the whole world for sucking at your mission for the last several decades? Imagine that there has been an organization that has had billions of dollars funded into it for the many last decades called the American Diabetes Association. And what was their mission? Their mission statement is to eradicate diabetes. Really? Um, I think y'all can stop funding that damn organization. They just oh, were yeah. told that there are 500 million diabetics you're trying to help around the world to educate and prevent and, and manage treatment for them, that your techniques suck so bad and your education sucks so bad, you suck at what you do at preventing and educating people about how not to get diabetes you should just abandon and close your doors and apologize to the world that you suck. 
because there's going to be three times more diabetics over the next 27 years, and y'all haven't figured out a damn thing yet? Okay, how these people don't get embarrassed and bothered by this, I guarantee you this is what happened. Could you imagine if you created a diabetic reversal mission statement organization? And you found this out 50 years later, 60 years later, 70 years later, that you've made no improvements on the outcomes of diabetes for the world, or your product doesn't work, you would be, uh, yeah, you should be fired. Yeah. Imagine. I know what they did. You know they started cheering, right, when this paper came out. And why would they be excited about this? You'll make this a lot means, more money. This means it will be one of the primary causes of death worldwide every year. And guess who's going to receive the most funding for research studies and from pharmaceutical drug companies who are going to donate to them to continue to push their drugs? They will. So yes, the American Diabetes Association, you suck. You should apologize to the whole world. Absolutely. Or you should be hiring a new team of chief, chief science officers and board directors to figure out how to solve the problem. But you don't give a crap. Anyway, these people are pathetic. It's obvious. Anybody who's been diagnosed with diabetes in the last two years, don't listen to them. They obviously haven't figured out anything, and they're making it worse. And I would that, like that. That is a shame. Because, you know, being the SEAL teams and TIA and stuff like that, we had to excel. We had to, like, you know, pro we were always excelling. We are crushing everything we did. And, and to see these guys, like you're talking about, 50 years and they haven't improved. In fact, they're going to, like, double uh, the problem. Two and a half times. Wow. Yeah, they should all be fired and maybe even worse. Oh my God, yeah. Put them in prison for sucking up your job. Take away your take away their licenses at least because they don't know what they're doing, obviously. They suck at it. All right, so this I want to share with the world because this is very important. During this pandemic, while all of you have been locked down watching Netflix and Disney Plus because that's all they wanted you to watch, all of you at home that have been doing that, they have been keeping the doors of research labs around the world open the whole time. And they have been publishing results of their studies they're doing the whole time. And I would like to tell your audiences an example of four irreversible human diseases that they are creating in animals around the world with the venoms inside of COVID patients. Jesus. They are taking those same venoms, injecting them in animals all over the world, and within 72 hours, they continue to publish. They confidently can create Four irreversible mammal diseases, and yes, you are mammals at home, no matter how you identify as male or female, you have to identify as a mammal, unless you can prove you're something else. You're all mammals. So what they're experimenting with on animals during the pandemic while y'all are watching Netflix and Disney+, Plus, they're injecting the same venoms they found in the Italy study, which was 20 snakes venoms in every COVID patient, and 16 different venoms from starfish and sea snails in the ocean in COVID patients causing all their symptoms. Mm. So in, huh, yeah, it's so crazy. All right, so in these research labs, they are taking king cobra venom, crate venom called bungarotoxin, these are the spike proteins of COVID, and conotoxin, cone snail venoms that are found in every COVID patient around the world. And they're taking them and injecting them into mammals and seeing what diseases can they create in 72 hours or less with the venom. These four diseases, they confidently can publish and show with electron microscopes they can create these diseases, all four of these, in 72 hours or less by introducing those venoms with an injection into a mammal. And they just injected 5 billion people with these things, just so you know. So, mm. called COVID shots. All right, so these four things. Parkinson's, they can create in 72 hours with these venoms injected into an animal. Type 
one diabetes in 72 hours or less, viral myocarditis in less than 24 hours, and then glioblastomas, which are brain tumors on your brainstem. They can inject the king cobra and crate venom into an animal, and within 72 hours, it crosses the blood-brain barrier and starts making a brain tumor. Jesus. Everybody at home, glioblastomas are the number one diagnosed brain cancer right now, and it is accelerating in the speed from diagnosis to death during the release of the COVID-19 vaccines. It used to be two to three months before you died. Now it's at two weeks or less. People are being diagnosed and then dying after getting the COVID-19 shots. Okay. Mm. This is important. Four diseases all around the world, they are actually doing research on the same venoms that are being found in COVID patients. They're injecting them into animals and creating irreversible, supposedly, medical conditions in humans. In animals. Parkinson's, type 1 diabetes, that's supposedly irreversible, American Diabetes Association. Glioblastomas, brain tumors, and viral myocarditis. All four of those, the medical profession tells you, is irreversible. You cannot reverse it. Do you know that they reversed every single one of these in 72 hours or less with just one thing in every single study? Do you want to guess what it was? Tobacco? <laughs> Nicotine. Nicotine, oh, okay. So they create the problem. They start demyelination of your nerves to create Parkinson's in 72 hours. They create a brain tumor in 72 hours, cause a type 1 diabetic mm -hmm. in 72 hours, and viral myocarditis. And then they're injecting them with nicotines on day three, four, and five and reversing all of them. Wow. How many of you have been told that nicotine reverses diabetes, type 1 diabetes? How many of you knew that alpha-7 nicotine receptors are on the outside of every beta cell in your pancreas that makes insulin? This now explains why people have new-onset diabetes with COVID. The spike proteins are venom that bind to alpha-7 nicotine receptors. And when they hit them, they shut off that cell's function. No more insulin. You're now a type 1 diabetic. It's incredible to watch people around the world when I tell them to use nicotine patches and gum. Their A1C number comes down and their blood glucose comes down as we're turning on their beta cells. And I promise they are using venoms in every single childhood vaccine to create juvenile diabetes in your child that they're telling you is irreversible. Do you know that the brand new drug they just released for diabetes three years ago during the pandemic that is now a social media craze because it's helping people lose weight and control their blood sugar better than anything else ever? This drug is called Ozempic. Right. O-Z-E-M-P-I-C. Mm -hmm. You know that Ozempic is made from the venom of the Gila monster in the deserts of Southwest America? Jeez. Do you know that the venom of the Gila monster, spelled G-I-L-A monster? Do you know that Ozempic, which is a GLP-1 drug, made from the venom of the Gila monster. Do you know the Gila monster's venom and that drug Ozempic has a black box warning that this drug, if you use it for a year, will cause thyroid cancer? Jeez. Wow. Liver failure, kidney failure, and pancreatitis, along with the thyroid cancer. So mm. just so y'all know, this is the disgusting reality that we live in. And yes, they're using venoms around the world. And just so you know, I have uh, done this and the reason why this healing for the ages is so important, in 2017, scientists published a paper, and it includes every virus that we know has ever been a pandemic or a threat. 
and they have listed in the document a vaccine for every single one of them. And every single one of them, the vaccine is only one venom from a creature. So, for example, measles virus, if there's an outbreak of that, they now have patented scorpion venom injections for you mm. to beat measles. If you have HIV, they have 10 different vaccines made from the marine sponge venom, the same venom they made AZT from, to inject inside of you. If you have, if you have hepatitis B or hepatitis C, they now have snake venom vaccines for all of you to protect you from getting whatever the pandemic's going to be. In the future, all vaccines for viruses they publish are going to be singularly venom-based. And the advantage, they say, with that is when you use venom and inject it into a mammal or a human, all venoms bind to alpha-7 nicotine receptors, and then they, stay, they say this. And if we get enough venom into people every six months or every year, it's in their documents since 2010. If you'll just do this every six months or every year, inject them with venom, those venoms will bind to those nicotine receptors, and those receptors, they state, are the same receptors all viruses bind to. So if we get enough venom bound to them, the viruses won't do it. Okay, all venoms are toxic and deadly. Why would we want to introduce anything toxic and deadly to try to improve our health? It's just asinine. <laughs> so oh, to me, it's wow. no different than like every, every cancer patient who obviously has an immune deficiency. They need chemotherapy injected inside of them because it's totally, it's only healthy. It's only positive. It's only, there's no negatives to chemotherapy. No, this thing is super toxic and it's going to stress you. And 100% of all people that die from cancer, they die from chemotherapy poisoning. That wasn't confirmed by me. That was confirmed by UCLA in 2001. Every patient who's ever died from cancer died from chemotherapy poisoning, not cancer. Pretty ridiculous. Wow. Mm. So that's what I'm up to. I'm trying to set the foundation for people to not be afraid in the future. They're going to use the same kind of weapons. They've been working on this machinery for 72 years. So they're not going to give this up and revamp how they create biological weapons using some new technology that they've been fascinatingly trying to create for the last 72 years. No, they're going to continue to lie to you in the media. They're going to continue to produce documents and research studies for the medical doctors to read. So they're confused and giving you misinformation that they believe is being published uh, genuinely and with ethics. No, they're not. They're just lying to everybody to try to keep you guessing what's wrong with you. So anyway, the goal is to set, set for me, how do we help as many people as possible in the future navigate the deceptive, intentionally uh, deceitful lies that are going to be coming their ways from a health standpoint? Lots of people are focusing on economics finances, all kinds of stuff. Uh, for me, it's truly just, can I keep you alive so you can fight and continue to help us fight against whatever the tyranny that's coming? doesn't matter what form. We need healthy people to do it. Absolutely. Wow. As, uh, as typical, you are like just stunning in your information. So uh, if people are interested, uh, definitely want to go to thedoctorartistshow.com. Uh, absolutely incredible. So you have the Healing for the Ages conference. Uh, if you want information on that, it's in there September 8th and 9th, taking place in Dallas. So I'm definitely going to be there. Yeah, please you, come. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Wow. And uh, then you have Actually, like, uh, click click that banner ad and see if it takes you right to the website for it. Click the, uh, yeah, right there. And click that green button. I'll see if it goes anywhere. Is it active? 
No, it's not active. Okay. This is brand new. We just actually redesigned the whole homepage just yesterday. So can you go to healingfortheages.com? Just type it in the URL. Healingfortheages.com. Yeah, there's no spaces in there. It's all just one word. There we go. Still getting it. Yep. Yep. There it is. Oh, beautiful. So if you go there, it tells you about the venue, where it's going to be, who the speakers are. It's got a little uh, hype video of me talking about why I actually came up with this concept to do it. And then you can slide down on that page and you can see where you can register, get virtual tickets, you name it. That's where you can go. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, we'll put this in the link as well as your uh, website. So yeah, this very, is very this is going to be great. Good job. Good job. Yep. We're super thrilled. It's going to be very exciting. Come join us. You'll want to be there. Anyway, it's going to be great. Once we actually do the event, we're very excited to, we're going to actually keep the site up hopefully forever. Yeah. We're going to, we're actually going to archive all of our presentations, all the notes and people can go back in and even if they didn't attend and they learn about it, they go down in there, download it, pay for it and get the same information to set the foundation for our future conferences. We're hoping the next one next year, we want to do the root causes, a healing for the ages conference part two. That's about root causes of illness and disease. And at that conference, I'm going to start inviting people like Judy Mikovits to teach, to educate on certain topics. Nice. We're going to have all these medical professionals come with us to now start articulating how we can beat it. This first goal is to, what are the foundations of nature God pre, uh, provided for us and creating us? Mm -hmm. And then what natural resources on the earth he put on here to support this natural organism? So you don't have to be in fear in the future that for every sniffle, every fever, you got to go to a medical doctor for it. You don't need that. God already... God's already given you what you need. You just don't know where to look. So we're going to educate you on where to look. Wow. That's going to be fantastic. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thanks. So, uh, thank you so much for uh, your work. Wow. It's just absolutely incredible. Uh, so, so pleased to have met you. And uh, thanks so much for coming on the show and share this. Uh, we'll share it widely. Uh, and well, I, I hate it. Uh, yeah. Often when I get finished, I often think, uh, I hope I didn't over speak here, but is there any questions that are unanswered for you that you think the audiences need to know that I can answer for you? No, I think you covered a lot of stuff. Uh, maybe, maybe in the future, uh, we'll, we'll think of something, but, uh, as of now, I know we talked about a lot of stuff and there's some other stuff that's kind of like a little bit deeper. Uh, maybe in the future we'll go into some of that, but, uh, at, at this point you have really covered a lot of stuff and, and even more than in our conversation, in some areas. So thanks so much. Yeah, you're very welcome. Well, thank you for stepping out and doing your own podcast and doing your own interviews. That's phenomenal. I love that you're in the background. I want to come hang out at y'all's place. That looks beautiful. Yeah, you're always welcome. Definitely. Absolutely. Bring the whole family. Maybe the next one. You have eight children? Yeah. Seven of them are adults, so they're all awful. Okay. Okay, good. You don't have to worry about them. We only have one remaining 11-year-old. We'll bring them with us. That'll be fun. All right. Very good. Very good. All right. So thanks so much, and I look forward to seeing you in the future. That's awesome. Tell your tell your woman I said hi, and it was phenomenal to hang out with both of you out in Dallas, Texas. Absolutely. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Thank you so much for listening to Unleashing Intuition Secrets, the podcast. Until next time, stay in the love vibration as you continue your journey to become the master of your reality.